Part 7 of Chapter 3 of Studies in the Psychology of Sex, Volume 2 by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. History 16. Irish. Aged 36. Knows of nothing unusual in his ancestry. His tastes are masculine in every respect. He is strong, healthy, and fond of exercises and sports. The sexual instincts are abnormally developed. He confesses to an enormous appetite for almost everything, food, drink, smoking, and all the good things of life. At about the age of fourteen he practised masturbation with other boys of the same age, and also had much pleasure in being in bed with an uncle with whom the same thing was practised. Later on he practised masturbation with every boy or man with whom he was on terms of intimacy. To have been in bed with anyone without anything of the sort taking place would have made sleep impossible, and rendered him utterly wretched. His erotic dreams at first were concerned with women, but more recently they are usually of young men, and very rarely of women. He is mostly indifferent to women, as also they have always been to him. Although good-looking, strong, and masculine, he has never known a woman to be in love with him. When about the age of eighteen, he imagined he was in love with a girl, and he had often, between the ages of twenty to thirty, cohabited with prostitutes. He remembers on one occasion, many years ago, having connection with a woman seven or eight times in one night, and then having to masturbate at noon the next day. He is unmarried, and thinks it unlikely that he ever will marry, but he adds that if a healthy, handsome, and intelligent woman fell in love with him, he might change his mind, as it would be lonely to be old and alone, and he would like to have children. He is never attracted to men older than himself, and prefers youths between the ages of eighteen and twenty-five. They may be of any class, but he does not like common people, and is not attached to uniforms or liveries. The requisite attractions are an intelligent eye, a voluptuous mouth, and intelligent teeth. If Alcibiades himself tried to woo me, he says, and had bad teeth, his labour would be in vain. He has sometimes been the active participant in pedicatio, and has tried the passive role out of curiosity, but prefers fellatio. He does not consider that he is doing anything wrong, and regards his acts as quite natural. His only regret is the absorbing nature of his passions, which obtrude themselves in season and out of season, seldom or never leaving him quiet, and sometimes making his life a hell. Yet he doubts whether he would change himself, even if he had the power. History 17 Age 25 Is employed in an ordinary workshop, and lives in the back alley of a large town in which he was born and bred. Fair, slight, and refined in appearance. The sexual organs are normal and well-developed, and the sexual passions strong. His mother is a big, masculine woman, and he is much attached to her. Father is slight and weakly. He has seven brothers and one sister. Homosexual desires began at an early age, though he does not seem to have come under any perverse influences. He is not inclined to masturbation. Erotic dreams are always of males. He declares he never cared for any woman except his mother, and that he could not endure to sleep with a woman. He says he generally falls in love with a man at first sight, as a rule, someone older than himself and of higher class, and longs to sleep and be with him. In one case he fell in love with a man twice his own age, and would not rest until he had won his affection. He does not much care what form the sexual relation takes. He is sensitive and feminine by nature, gentle and affectionate. He is neat and orderly in his habits, and fond of housework. 
helps his mother in washing, etc. He appears to think that male attachments are perfectly natural. History 18. Englishman, born in Paris, aged 26, an actor. He belongs to an old English family. His father, so far as he is aware, had no homosexual inclinations, nor had any of his ancestors on the paternal side, but he believes that his mother's family, and especially a maternal uncle, who had a strong feeling for beauty of form, were more akin to him in this respect. His earliest recollections show an attraction for males. At children's parties he incurred his father's anger by kissing other small boys, and his feelings grew in intensity with years. He has never practised self-abuse, and seldom had erotic dreams. When they do occur, they are about males. His physical feeling for women is one of absolute indifference. He admires beautiful women in the same way as one admires beautiful scenery. At the same time, he likes to talk with clever women, and has formed many friendships with frank, pure, and cultivated English girls, for whom he has the utmost admiration and respect. Marriage is impossible because physical pleasure with women is impossible. He has tried, but cannot obtain the slightest sexual feeling or excitement. He especially admires youths, though they must not be immature, from sixteen or seventeen to about twenty-five. The type which physically appeals to him most, and to which he appeals, is fair, smooth-skinned, gentle, rather girlish and effeminate, with the effeminacy of the ingenue, not the cocotte. His favourite, to attract him, must be submissive and womanly. He likes to be the man and the master. On this point, he adds, the great passion of my life is an exception, and stands on an utterly different level. It realises an ideal of marriage in which neither is master, but both share a joint empire, and in which tyranny would be equally painful to both. But this friendship and love is for an equal, a year younger than myself, and does not preclude other and less credible liaisons physicales. But this friendship and love is for an equal, a year younger than myself, and does not preclude other and less creditable liaisons physicales, constancy being impossible to men of our calibre. Pedicaccio is the satisfaction he prefers, provided he takes the active, never the passive role. He is handsome, with broad shoulders, good figure, and somewhat classic type of face, with fine blue eyes. He likes boating and skating, though not cricket or football, and is usually ready for fun, but has, at the same time, a taste for reading. He has no moral feelings on these matters. He regards them as outside ethics, mere matters of temperament and social feeling. If England were underpopulated, he thinks he might possibly feel some slight pangs of remorse, but as things are, he feels that in prostituting males rather than females he is doing a meretricious action. History 19. T.N. His history is given in his own words. From the time of my earliest imaginings, I have always been attached by strength in men, and often thought about being carried off by big warriors and living with them in caves and elsewhere. When about seven, a young man used to show me his penis and handle mine occasionally. At private boarding school, masturbation was fairly frequent, and I suppose I was initiated about twelve or thirteen. After leaving, I occasionally indulged, but nothing happened until I was about twenty, except that I was often attracted by strong, well-built young men of a good character. A man who was not honest and good-hearted had no attraction. At twenty, I was much attached to a young man of my own age. He was engaged. 
this did not prevent him on one occasion endeavouring playfully and with his brother to obtain access to my person i successfully resisted although if he only had been present i should not have done so but welcomed the attempt and i have often and i have often regretted i did not let him know this but i had a dim idea that my penis was somewhat undeveloped and this made me shy circumstances separated us about two years later i was crossing the channel when i engaged in conversation with a man about eight years older who was one of our travelling party i think the attraction was a case of love at first sight certainly on my side a few nights later he had so arranged that we shared a bedroom and he very soon came over to me and tenderly handled my person i reciprocated and i look back all these years to that night with pleasure and no feeling of shame on one occasion about this time i happened to be sleeping with another young fellow an office mate on a holiday when i awoke and found him handling my penis caressingly i gently removed his hand and turned over i thought none the less of him but my body seemed to belong only to myself and the friend i loved he was not an earning i am sure but we were often together and i much entered into his interests and felt infinite satisfaction with life made good progress and many friends our physical intimacy was repeated he taking the active part in our intercrural contact then he married very happily our friendship remains but circumstances prevent our often meeting and there is no longer desire on either part for some years i was rather lonely in spite of friends i was somewhat attracted to another man but his superior social position was a defect to me then when about twenty-eight i came in contact with a young man of twenty-four of the artisan class but superior in ideals and intelligence to most men i loved him at first glance and to this day at first it was just friendship but soon his form voice and thoughts entered into my very soul by day and night i longed always to be near him to see him progress and help him if i could i would joyfully have given up home friends and income and followed him to the end of the world preferably an island where we two might at least be the only white men he seemed to embody all i longed for in the way of knowledge of nature of strength of practical ability and the desire to imitate him in these things widened and strengthened my character the first time i slept with him i could only summon courage to put my arm over his chest but i could not sleep for unsatisfied desire and the unrelieved erection caused a dull pain on the morrow i had always disliked conversation that might be regarded as bordering on the obscene and consequently was very ignorant on most matters it pained me even to hear him laugh at such remarks i think if he had been intimate with me i should have not conversed much on such topics but now i felt pleasure in such things with him as they expressed intimacy i dreamed about him and was never really happy in his absence the greatest joy would have been to have slept in his arms the hairiness of his legs and arms were also most fascinating perhaps a year later we were again at night together and this time i by degrees felt his private organs but he was cold and i felt a little unsatisfied i wanted to be hugged this happened once more and then on a later occasion not that it afforded me much gratification but because i wanted to stimulate him to ardour i attempted masturbation this 
aroused his disgust and i was consequently dismayed he told me i ought to marry and although i knew his love was all i wanted i did not feel but what i could make a woman happy the constant unrelieved erections which took place when i saw my friend adopt a graceful attitude caused pain at the bottom of my back and i consulted two specialists who also advised marriage i did not tell them i was an invert for i hardly knew it was a recognized thing but i did tell them something of what had taken place and they made next to no comment but implied it was frequent my friend now felt repulsion toward me but did not express himself and as other circumstances then caused a barrier between us to a certain extent i did not realize the true reason of his coldness but i felt utterly miserable when i met a noble woman whom i had long known i asked her to be my wife and she consented although i told her very soon and long before our marriage of my limitations as a husband and of my continued longing for my friend i feel now i did a great wrong and i cannot understand why i was not more conscious of this at the time that i was to a certain extent deceiving her relations was inevitable i had expected to devote my life in making her happy but i soon found that the true reason of my friend's apparent unfaithfulness was my own action combined with a feeling on his part that it was as well that our affection should cease even at the cost of a misunderstanding since then three years ago i have not had a happy day or night and am therefore quite unable to promote happiness in others without my friend i can find no satisfaction with wife child or home life has become almost unbearable often i have seriously thought of committing suicide only to postpone it to a time which would be less cruelly inopportune to others i see my friend now married almost daily and suffer tortures at seeing others nearer to him than myself no explanation seems possible as the whole idea of inversion is so repugnant to him and being an honourable man he would feel marital ties preclude any warmth of affection but all the longing of my life seems to be culminating in a driving force which will carry me to the male prostitute or to death i can concentrate my mind on nothing else and consequently have become inefficient in work and have no heart for play i know if my longings could be occasionally satisfied i should immediately recover but my fear is that if i killed myself those who knew me in happier days would only be confirmed in the impression of my degeneracy and would feel my instincts had caused it whereas it is the denial and starvation of them which would have brought about the result i know now by experience of self and others that my disposition is congenital and that i have been rendered unhappy myself and a cause of unhappiness to others by the too late knowledge of myself the example of my former friend who married misled me to think i too could marry and make a happy home so that when the man i loved advised me i resolved to do so as i would have done almost anything else he suggested if i could have withdrawn from the engagement without embarrassment to the devoted woman who became my wife i would have done so if she gave me the opportunity nothing in my married state has brought me pleasure and i often wish my wife would cease to love me so that we might separate but she would be heartbroken at the suggestion and i feel driven to attempt to relieve my feelings even in a way that has previously seemed repulsive to me i mean by use of money
about my feelings toward my child there is not much to say as they are not very strong i believe i carry him and help bathe and attend to him as much as most fathers and when he is a few years older i hope i may find him very companionable but he has brought me no real joy though i see other men look at him almost with affection but he has brought added happiness to his mother end of part 7 of chapter 3 recording by john fricker